your Locked On Browns, your daily podcast on the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good evening, everybody. Episode 172 of Locked On Browns. Guy, like I said, it's Combine Week. Uh, we'll get a couple preview episodes in here. I have guys lined up. We're going to cover it nightly. Uh, you know, after you know all the workouts are done, one of my favorite weeks. It's a break from the film. It's a time where, look, now we can really get to it. We have production numbers. You know, everybody's got tape almost on everybody. You know, you can continue to go back and dig for things now whether, whether somebody tests better than you thought or they test worse than you thought. You know, start to adjust boards, you know, accordingly now that you have all three phases of it. Uh, joining me here this evening, one of my favorite guys, a, a guy who helped me get a good push uh, here early on when I was starting off in this. Before I get to him, though, uh, lost a good friend three years ago today. Uh, I worked, uh, wrote for him at a fan called, uh, at a site called NFLFans.com. Uh, Andy DiNicola uh, kind of gave me a push, said I could maybe do a little bit more. You know, he knew more about it from this side. Gave me the push, and, you know, this is where I am. You know, all these years later, I want to thank him for that. Uh, his beautiful wife, Denise, again, so sorry. Andy, I hope the Coronas are cold. I hope Al Davis and Kenny Stabler are sitting at the bar with you up there. Uh, let's hope for some Raider wins for you down the road here. Um, and actually, it's kind of a funny thing because what I've done here is some of the, the site has con sadly gone dark now. Um, I've actually hired two of the writers who do some great work. Uh, they score every, well, uh, every year well on the Huddle Report uh, on their top 100 board. Uh, they're going to be bringing draft coverage to LockedOnBrowns.com, so it's going to be nice to have all that going on. But without further ado, from the Browns Wire, run to Texans Wire, there's some great articles over at Real GM. He's my go-to guy every Thursday, late Thursday or Friday. I'm always looking for his picks, Pete. Mr. Jeff Risden. Jeff, buddy, how's it been? It is great to be back with you, Jeff. Many, many congratulations and uh, on my condolences for your friend, but uh, that's that's a great way you honor him, man. That was that was beautiful. Uh, he's a good guy. and uh, I mean, uh, as many of you know, uh, my daughter, uh, she's 10 years old now, was born at 22 weeks. So she was born, you know, 18 weeks premature. First phone call I made as they took my daughter away, and the next thing I know, they took my wife away because she had had surgery. My daughter went to the NICU. I called him because, I mean, he's a religious guy. I was scared shitless. I needed somebody to calm me down because I just realized I was put in like basically a, the biggest tidal wave I could ever see. He calmed me down, relaxed me, got me through it. Something I'll never forget as far as that goes. Uh, Jeff, there's a bunch of ways to go to this. You know, I know you enjoy the combine because I know you love, you know, getting behind the scenes of things and, and that type of stuff. Um, but look, uh, you know, your Texans here, we're not going to hear nothing until probably, what, maybe 9.30 Friday night at the earliest. But now, covering the Browns, uh, there's probably going to be five new Browns before we even hear a Houston selection. Uh, one I want to hear from everybody, uh, give me some thoughts on the quarterbacks at one, and gun to your head, who's Jeff Risden taking? Yeah, the, I, I do think they are going to take a quarterback at number one. I think that seems to be a fairly consensus thing. Uh, the only wild card would be is that if they sign Kirk Cousins, and uh, I, as much as I do like Kirk Cousins, I don't think that's going to happen. I think he's going to wind up in Minnesota. That's just I my pick. I don't think he's going to sign with one in thirty-one, or he's going to sign with a coach who's seventy-five feet, you near know, seventy-five percent out the door. Yeah, exactly. So uh, the quarterbacks, uh, I'm I'm so excited to watch these guys this week. You know, Josh Rosen, Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield. Lamar Jackson, I think, belongs in the conversation with those guys. I do think he's a little bit below them, um, at least now. But uh, and, and that that's that's really the only considerations that you have if you're the Browns. Um, don't get me started on Josh Allen because I want we, to we're not talking show. the Wyoming guy. It, it was lovely today that the news came out today that the guy's got you know more metal in his shoulder 
then, you know, uh, guys who come back from serving war have holding their legs together. <laughs> well, that, I didn't even hear that. But it doesn't surprise me because he, he did have the, some injury issues. Did he, no, but, he heard, uh, it, heard, it, heard it in uh, in high school and at Wyoming. Yeah. So yet, yet more reason to pass on a guy who's not as accurate as Jake Locker was. Um, think about that for a minute. Ooh, that one hurts. And, and did not play in the Pac-12, played in the Mountain West. I, there is maybe, uh, I'm, I'm going through my head right now, I think there are two Mountain West defensive players who will even get in a camp next year in the NFL. So if you want to talk about his lack of support around him, uh, talk about the lack of competition that he was playing against, too, because uh, other than Cameron Kelly at, uh, at, uh, at San Diego State, there wasn't a whole lot on that conference either. Um, but I digress. Um, <laughs> let's talk a little bit about the quarterbacks at the top. Uh, Josh Rosen, for me, he's my number one guy, um, and I, I, lo- I love his arm. I love his his ability to fire the, the ball all over the field from the pocket. Now, he is not as mobile as most people, but again, this is a guy, he, he gets this knock for being immobile. I don't get it. This guy, if you watch his feet, he's got very good feet. He was a tennis player. He was like an all-star tennis player in California. That, that, that means something. That If you're that, that means you're light on your feet. You're agile. He might not be fast, but you're not asking him to be fast. You're asking him to float around in the pocket. You know, I, I, I've never seen a problem with him in any of the games that I've watched. I've watched several UCLA games this year and last year. Um, it, it's not a big issue. He's not Deshaun Kaiser. He's not going to take off. You know, he's not Deshaun Watson. But uh, he, he's, he's going to be fine as far as pocket mobility because I do think he has good pocket awareness as well. And that plays into it. Uh, as you know, Deshaun Kaiser did not have pocket awareness whatsoever. Uh, and that, that was one of the biggest reasons why, even though he was a mobile quarterback, he got hit a lot and fumbled a lot. Um, and, and on the fumbling front, that's that's my biggest issue with Sam Darnold. Um, aside from the fact that he has wonky mechanics, that his, his arms and legs aren't necessarily always in coordination, he turned the ball over a whole lot. And uh, he, he can fix that, but it's going to take some fixing. And I don't think he's as ready to play right now as Josh Rosen is. So my pick, if you if I had to pick today, I'm taking Josh Rosen for the Cleveland Browns at number one. And uh, now, and it came out today, obviously with Rosen. You know, was, look, I, I those those, uh, and I I know, and this is the thing because he's such a smart kid. There was a nice three word, you know, phrase that he used that you know basically the quotes were being taken out of context. Because um, when that came out, nobody else focused on the fact that he also said, "Well, I want to play football and I want to make a lot of money." So you would want to go one then if you want to make a lot of money. So, you know, there's that with Josh Rosen. Um, the, the tennis thing, obviously, you know, you got to be able to, you know, shift quickly, back, forth, forward, backwards. And for a quarterback, look, you know, if you want to talk speed, there's only one quarterback in this class with speed. You know, that's it. It's a, it's a done deal when a guy's going to put up a 40 time that's going to be three-tenths of a second faster than anybody else. So if that's what you're into, by all means, go that route, but deal with the other words that may come with it. Um, but he's going to be able to extend the play um, in the pocket. He just looks like a pure pro when he fires the ball. I think he's got the good ability of throwing a guy open. Um, and you see a lot of drops. And I think you see those drops because he's playing with receivers who don't understand the concept of, oh, well, it wasn't right in the numbers. Well, it wasn't right in the numbers because it was right in the numbers. The ball would have gotten tipped out of the way. That's why it was low. That was why it's a little bit higher. So you know, maybe that's what led to some of the drops you know, that he dealt with while he was at UCLA with these guys. Um, Sam Darnold, now here was a funny thing. Uh, I wrapped up last night with Pete Smith. We were talking a couple minutes after the show. And we, we actually asked about Sam Darnold in the Combine. And Pete said, it's going to be interesting. He said, you know, it seems like him. If he's going to go with new mechanics, and you see some of it on Instagram from the guy uh, from who he's working with, 
He's like, if he's going to go with new mechanics, he's like, that's 10 times better suited for a pro day. What came out oh, today? Yeah. Josh Darnold is not going to throw in Indianapolis, so he can do the same routine five, six times. So hopefully that the new mechanics, which everybody wants to see, because Rosen, as a tennis player, knows how to get pure power into everything he does. Darnold, you know, takes away a lot of his power, takes away a lot of his accuracy. Because you know, I as I had a guy used to teach me my jump shot: why are your feet pointing out the door when the basket's north of you? So you know, That's which right. is kind of what you get with Sam Darnold. It is, and and Pete Pete is Pete is a smart guy. I love Pete. And, he's a uh, ball buster, but he does know his stuff. He does. He he's he, he and he will bust my balls all the time, and I, that's just his way. By the way, if you if you've ever if you've never met him and you think he's putting on an act on Twitter, no, that that that's who Pete really is, and that that's why we like him. <laughs> Every time I send him a message, hey, you got time for the show tonight? Uh-huh, I guess ratings are down. Yes, he doesn't let confidence in himself, and I like that. That's a good Absolutely. quality. Absolutely. Yeah, but you know, you're talking about um, the, the the tennis thing and, and the the you know the the ability that Rosen has shown to to excel in other sports. I think that shows his competitive spirit. I think that shows that he understands how to win in different ways too. The adaptability, you know, the fact that he hasn't just been brought up to be this you know prodigy quarterback. I think that's a positive in his case. And I, I think too many people look at it and think, oh well, well maybe he doesn't want to play in Cleveland. You know, maybe. You know, there's a lot of players who get drafted in places they don't want to go to, but the, you know what? They wind up going there and, and thriving. You know, and do you think Indomitian and Sue wanted to be a Detroit Lion? No, but he embraced <laughs> it. He and he was great there. He was a fantastic player. Now he, he got the shoes where he went to Miami. You know what? Now he's thought there, there's talk that he might actually wind up back in Detroit. So the, things like that happen all the time. You think Isaiah Crowell wanted to be a Cleveland Brown? No. Well, he won't be anymore. But That's he, he did sure. fine for him for a little while. Um, and that's the thing. Look, and you know, and, and even if there were some hesitation, you want to know what though? It's not as bleak as it would be when you said Cleveland Browns. You know what I say, Josh? You want to come to Cleveland or send some guys out to you? And I put Miles Garrett on a plane. I put Jabril Peppers on a plane. I put Corey Coleman. I put David Najoku, and say, go sit down, talk with him, let him get to know you guys. Because you want to know what? You guys are here for another three, four years. He may not be buying into anybody in this front office. He may not be buying into anybody in this coaching staff. But go sell yourselves to them. Right. The other thing that the Browns have, and I don't think this gets <clears throat> talked about enough, they have the highest paid offensive line in football history. They have Joe Batonio <clears throat> and Kevin Zeitler at guard. Both of those guys are really, really good. And getting paid Joe Thomas. Money. Joe Thomas might be pretty good at left tackle, too. That means he's not going to get hit much. He goes to the New York Giants. Who's their best offensive lineman? They're losing Weston Richburg and Justin Pugh. Eric Flowers is the best one they've got. That guy's atrocious. I'll take whoever they take in round two to be the best offensive lineman that they have. He would be. I'm, I'm going. Through, I'm looking at their roster right now. They do not have one player who would be in the top seven offensive lineman in Cleveland. That matters to quarterbacks, folks. Believe it. Oh, absolutely. And the other thing, though, is, you know, here are the Giants, and, you know, oh, we're going to shake things up and make some changes. But, I mean, you didn't, really. You brought in the same old stale, you know, stale, stale bread as a GM. Uh, you know, the, the, the offensive hire, I don't, the offensive, I mean, the head coach hire, I don't hate. You know, obviously did some nice things in Minnesota. But, I mean, you kind of look at, you know, I, I, I keep looking at the Rams, where they said, you want to know what? Let's go bold. And, you know, that's what, you know, that entices things. I mean, and you, and we saw the 180 degrees in a guy like Jared oh, Goff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He, that, that, that was great. That that's what you need in Cleveland. That's why it's frustrating for a lot of us that Hugh Jackson is still there. But uh, that might be just a temporary bump in the road. 
Cool. It could be. I mean, when I started this gig in October, that's kind of what I said. I didn't think this was going to be very long. And I got to be honest <laughs> with you, there's not much places in the world where you can, uh, you know, succeed one out of 32 times. I mean, you know, there isn't a job in the world you should still have a job if you only succeeded once out of every 32 times. But uh, another time, another day. Uh, offensive prospects. Jeff, some guys that you're looking forward to. Yeah, you know what? I I think one of the biggest Browns needs is wide receiver, so I'm going to be watching these guys a lot, and I don't like this wide receiver class, uh, especially at the top. I think Calvin Ridley is, is universally the number one receiver. Who is the number two? Yeah, yeah, and I think that's probably justified, but I'm looking at guys. Um, I, I think the Browns' desperate need is a slot receiver, somebody who can work the middle of the field, and I think Cortland Sutton is a guy who can do that very well. Uh, I think Christian Kirk can also do that pretty well. Kirk gives you a lot more, you know, sort of elusiveness. Sutton is, is fascinating to me because he's, he's, he's what, 6'4", 225, 230. He's going to run in the four sixes, and that's that's a tough sell as a top 50 draft pick. Uh, you, you saw what happened with Alshon Jeffrey. Uh, you saw what should have happened with Laquan Treadwell but didn't. Um, those big, fast guys, they, they just don't go as high, and, and they're somewhat limited to what they can do. I, I like Sutton quite a bit, and I think he'd be a great fit. But I'm I'm also leaning towards guys like Christian Kirk, but also, you know, late round guys. I'm, I'm looking at some of the the little like water bug dudes, like Richie James and Braxton Berrios, nice dudes like that that can come on and and you know be that Wes Welker or uh, Julian Edelman or insert white Patriots receiver here um, type of player because the Browns sorely need that guy. They don't have that guy right now. Yeah, well, and that's the thing because I mean, there's such an opportunity for that guy. Because, you know, if you have Josh Gordon, you have Corey Coleman, you have David Najoku, and, and there's the threat of Duke, you know, it's perfect for a guy, and, and Barrios is an interesting name because I actually kind of gave him for old Browns fans, a Brian Brennan type of guy where he oh, can yeah. just clean up easy because, I mean, there's going to be nobody left to cover him, and he's going to run a sharp, crisp route. He'll get enough separation where he's going to catch the ball, be able to take it, you know, get you some, you know, some rack afterwards. So one of those guys makes a ton of sense. And I think if you want to say what is a good group of this draft class, I think that is a part you would say is a good group of this draft class. Yeah, you know, you're, you're late around guys who can contribute quite a bit, you know, not, not your headline guys. But, yeah, you can, you can find a lot of guys in the, the day, early day three to, to the end of the draft and even priority free agents, some guys who are just not going to test well but, but can go out and catch the ball well. Um, Doris Fountain from, from Northern Iowa is a guy that I like. He's more of an outside receiver, but is a deep threat. And I do think that you need somebody who's reliable, more reliable both with their hands and with their durability than Corey Coleman. Corey Coleman's going to be a big part of this football team, hopefully. But uh, at this point, it's kind of hard to believe you know that you can trust in him. So getting another guy who can be that sort of field stretcher, because I think Josh Gordon, fingers crossed here, and all my fingers are crossed, um, will be okay and will be the, the alpha, the number one receiver. I'm not sold on Corey Coleman just yet, but he, he's going to get a shot at it. But I would like to get more variety around him. Get a, get, a, get a guy like Ricardo Lewis, his physical skills, but somebody who's actually a little bit better of a football player, a little bit more rounded. I think Fountain can be that guy. There's, there's some other guys, too, that I'm interested in. But uh, it, it's, it, that's a group that I think Browns fans definitely need to watch. Running backs, obviously. Everybody wants Saquon Barkley. Um, it seems like uh, I'm fascinated to see just, and this is one, normally I don't watch the on-field drills, like the position things, all that much uh, because it, it's fairly staged and these guys practice so much. 
you can pick a lot up a lot about a running back style. How's his stride? It, can he does he does he take extra steps when he cuts corners? You know, when he when he's doing his shuttle run, is he going past it and reaching down, or is he you know lunging forward you know to pick it up? There's a lot of little nuances that that ru- good running backs do, and I want to see Barkley do those things because I I love the guy as an all-around back, but as a straight runner, I think there's guys who are better like at going to be better at running the football in the NFL than, than Saquon Barkley. And so I'm looking at guys like Ronald Jones, Sony Michelle, Darius That's my Dice, guy. You know, all, all those guys, even the next tier down, like guys like Rashad Penny and, and Chubb um, and Kalen Balage from, from Arizona State, if he ever gets any vision at all, he, he's, he's a guy that could fit in there too because he's a physical marvel. You know, uh, Royce Freeman, guys like that. The running back class... I'm I'm so looking forward. I think they're I think they're doing their their thing next Monday, uh, that or Sunday, and that that will be a very fun one to watch uh, for for me personally because uh, uh, while the Texans don't need one, I also happen to be a Detroit Lions fan and cover the Detroit Lions for a radio station yep. here in Grand Rapids. They desperately need running backs, so I, I will have my eyes very heavily on the running back class. Uh, a bunch of guys you mentioned there, uh, and for me. One guy that keeps popping out the more and more I see, and there's not a ton to really see on John Kelly at Tennessee, but he's toolsy. And you know, when you see a guy having zero problems stiff-arming defenders away in the SEC, it definitely opens you up. I mean, if you're in the MAC and you're tossing away the competition, yeah, you can kind of understand. You're playing against guys you shouldn't be playing against. Right. But you know, John Kelly's Florida game where he puts up 300 total yards, and there were I know one was number two, three. I think the other one was like 24. Those two guys, I hope they transfer because it's probably what needed to happen the way he, they got embarrassed against a piss poor Tennessee team, and he was just tossing guys around. Guys, you're you know, listening. One of the things that you have to like about him, he did not have good blocking, and he still was a productive back. That's what That's, people say. Well, some people, when I talk about, him, oh, well, he didn't even have a thousand yards. I, well, did you realize what went down in Knoxville this year? I mean, did you realize how bad it really was? That team was bad. They were just, it was just a terrible team. And, you know, and everybody down in Tennessee who doesn't think you were, you know, Greg Schiano was good enough for you, you want to know what? I hope it gets better for you because I always like when big programs are good. But if you didn't think Greg Schiano was good enough for you, I got news for you. Yeah, he may be a mean old son of a gun and a kind of a prick, but that's what you needed. They ran all over everybody that was down there for years and it got you nowhere. He would have cleaned your program up probably by the time of your spring game. All the trash would have been put to the curb. Guys, you're listening to Lockdown Browns, episode 1072. Uh, Lockdown NFL Draft. John Ledyard, Trevor Sakama, both these guys will be headed out this week. They do a great job with the show. Um, you know, maybe they'll find some time, you know, to have a cocktail with Jeff here, our guest here this evening, you know, after a couple of nights' festivities. But uh, check out the show. Give both guys a follow and a listen. They do a fantastic job. They'll be coming live to you from Indy this week. Locked on NFL Draft. Uh, switch it over to the defensive side of the ball here, Jeff. And now this is always the interesting one. And um, you know, you're always good with this. Uh, one of the guys I ended up loving last year, Terrell Basham out of Ohio, screamed that the Jets should be interested in this guy. They didn't. They passed. He's probably off to a solid career in Indianapolis. But guys like this, you know, Jeff is usually on top of. He goes deep into his bag of tricks. So some guys are looking forward defensively here. You know, um, God, thank you for bringing up Basham from my alma mater, Ohio University, Go Bobcats. There you go. Um, he, he did not have a great rookie year, but he he had some injuries early on in camp, missed most of camp. He'll he'll be fine. I, I have little, very few worries about Terrell. Um, real good player. Um, if you're looking for guys, I'll give you a guy that that I compared. Um, I actually compared him to Jamie Collins last year when I thought he was coming out, um, and and um, 
to his discredit, he, he took that as an insult. But that's Marquise Haynes from Ole Miss, uh, sort of a, that same sort of outside linebacker, hybrid rusher. Um, Collins played defensive tackle at Southern Miss uh, at his size, believe it or not. But uh, smart same move, sort of hybrid smart guy. <laughs> and I'd lo- I'd love to see the Browns take a flyer on on Haynes. And this is a guy, you know, he, he's only he's going to be 225 pounds maybe, so he's not as big as Collins, but moves the same way, has the same sort of instincts and, and closing burst and, and attack mentality. Um, there's a guy I don't think he gets enough credit because uh, he sort of got overshadowed by some guys on his team, and and Ole Miss wasn't you know as great as what they could have been this year. And I, I think he took a little bit of brunt of that. But uh, th- that's a guy that's good, Lorenzo Carter out of Georgia physical freak this is a guy that if you if you like the the metrics guys um the guy the, you know the spider graph dudes this, this dude's gonna be freaking spider-man uh he, he he's he's got the body and he can play pretty well too so he's a guy that i'm looking at uh, you know I, I i love hercules mata afa from from washington state i don't know where to play him uh and i don't think nfl teams are gonna have a real good idea of where to play him i just aside from the fact that he's he's got a great name his ability to get one step and win and then follow it up with a second step and get to the point of attack it, it's almost unparalleled in this draft class it's it, he, he's he's a fun one man um you want a deep sleeper on that i'll give you i'll give you a guy from arkansas state J- javon rollin jones yeah he, he was he's a 240 pound um he was a, he was a defensive end there had his hand down in the dirt a lot the shrine game he started playing outside linebacker like off the ball and you could tell that he, he needs some a little bit of adjustment with his eyes, but but you know the, the reaction and, and the quickness and the ability to terminate plays was still there. So there's a guy, he's probably a sixth or a seventh round guy um, that that I think can come in and, and also help you a lot on special teams. So I, I, I love those kind of guys, man. As, as you know, the, the the third day of the draft is my Christmas. It's my favorite day of the year uh, because I you know I, I focus on those guys. I'm a Mac guy. You know, I, I love the AAC. You know, I, I, I live here in Grand Rapids, Michigan, which is the heart of D2 country. We've got a couple of guys up here. Uh, Siler from Ferris State, by the way, six foot four, 290-pound defensive end, has played five technique, uh, has 60 tackles behind the line of scrimmage in the last two years. Uh, there's a guy, he's not getting a lot of love. He's going to test pretty well. Um, looks physically a lot like J.J. Watt. I'm not saying he's J.J. Watt, but he looks like him. And uh, so th- there's another deep sleeper for you. Um, for me, I, I'm kind of looking in here, and I do like some of the guys you named because I, I, I want. I think the Browns desperately need, and I use this term, an Elmas Duverville type. He doesn't have to look the part of a decent pass rusher because I've got Agba. I'm going to have Larry Ogunjobi. I'm going to have Miles Garrett, a guy who where you know these three guys are going to just draw so much blocking that if this guy can get a step, which is all he's going to have to do, he should be able to eat off of that too. And there's plenty of guys in this draft that can probably help Cleveland like that because you saw how desperate they were. I mean, there was only a little bit we saw of Ogba and Garrett on the field together. It was good, but oh, it was limited. Good. But it they was very really limited. Yes, um, and I would like to see them get a, a little bit of an upgraded defensive tackle. That's nothing against Joby, and I actually thought Brantley, who I did not like last year, played okay uh, towards the end of the season. They didn't like, play enough. Right, I'd like to get another guy in there because I think I, I like Danny Shelton a lot, but I, I think he's going to be one of those guys that they have to make a decision on sooner than later. There's not, and, I don't and, see, I don't see a way right now he's going to end up seeing a second contract here. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm kind of with you on that. So you know, there, there's guys. Um, PJ Hall from Sam Houston State is a guy who uh, he, he loves to play the shaded nose, which is a staple of the Greg Williams defense. I'd like to see him. Uh, BJ Hill from North Carolina State is a good guy. 
Um, there's a, a guy from Connecticut. I can't say his name. His last name's Fadusaki. Yes, <laughs> he, he, he's he's sort of that that kind of guy that can anchor against the run, but also get a little bit up the field and collapse the pocket, if not get sacks. So I, I think they're looking at a guy like that too. Um, in, on especially in the third day, kind of around the, the range where they got Caleb Brantley, because uh, I, I think they still need to add some pieces there. Yeah, actually, uh, Jim Coburn actually brought him up, for, uh, the guy from UConn, up said he would be a perfect fit, and actually in his system to right now. He's looking like a really good player. I, I am looking secondary. I'm looking at the cornerbacks because I think you've got some nice physical jam guys. You know, whether it's a Carlton Davis or a Tavares McFadden, these guys have the size and length to do that. You're going to want us to now see testing numbers, though. Is that is that going to be something? You know, are they going to run well enough? Can they flip their hips where they can do yeah. the jam? And when they do get, you know, obviously, look, they're not going to win on every single one. But are they able to make up for it when they don't? Right, and and I love Carlton Davis from Auburn. He, he's, he, I, I think he's, I think he has the chance to be the best cornerback in this draft. But he nastiness. is a guy who he does not have great speed, and I don't think his hips are super. Fl- I mean, he's not flipping them out there like like some of these other guys that you see. Um, but he, he's, I love the way he plays. He is a menace to play against both before the pass and with the ball in the air. He's very physical. He's got to tone it down a little bit. He's got that little bit of Xavier Rhodes disease where he's going to he's going to interfere on every play. It's just a, a question of you know how often can he get away with it? How well does he conceal it? But man, he's really really good. Uh, I don't think he gets enough draft love. He's a top twenty overall player for me. So I, I you know, you're not going to take him at four, but uh, if you're if you're looking to move up from from thirty three or if he's there at thirty three or thirty five, heck yeah, pull the trigger on that because I, I I'd love to see him. Um, a guy I'm very interested in is Jair Alexander out of Louisville. Oh, is he healthy? Is, oh my How God. is he going to yep. test? Because, man, that guy can ball. It, 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 he, you just look at him and you're like, that, that, that guy can play. You know, there's there's nothing, you know, flashy. Well, actually, he is kind of flashy, but there's nothing no, that, is. like, really stands <laughs> out. It's just the guy's always where he needs to be at the right place at the right time. That That's something that I would love to see because that's something that Jamar Taylor just doesn't give you. Uh, and Jason McCourty didn't give you after the first, you know, month of the season last year. I'd love to see them get double dip on outside corners, whether it be a free agency and draft or two draft guys, because they need that. You know, my man Brian Body Calhoun, he's, he's wonderful in the slot. He's he holding it down. Help. Yeah, well, he's get, definitely get, holding get it down. Give my man BBC some help, please. Absolutely. Um, and I do agree with the, the fact that you got to go to, because you even saw towards the end of the year and everybody, what was Greg Williams doing? Greg Williams had no faith in any pass rush being gotten. So, you know, that's why, you know, if you were only watching on a 40 inch screen television, you didn't see cornerbacks on most downs. That's why. He had no faith that anybody was going to get home because they would throw two to three guys at Miles Garrett and nobody else was going to get home. So you're going to need these guys to play in closer to the line because if you do get better pass rush, you know, you're know you going to play closer so these guys can do what they have to do. Jairi Alexander, and this is one of the things that me and Pete Smith have talked about a couple times. You need, you need one or two guys on your defense who aren't going to shut the hell up. And they kind of yes. take it on from the other team. First off, guys who don't like to talk smack on the field thrive off guys like him who will. Jairi Alexander, you can beat him for 25. He's still going to be flapping his gums. And if you do not get a reception on him within the first three targets to a wide receiver, that guy might just pack it up and go home because he's just that guy. He, his body will go all day long and his mouth will go all day long. And I'll tell you right now, in a place like Cleveland where it's, you have some talent here on this team, but you kind of need some guys that people are really going to rally around. Jairi Alexander talking to Antonio Brown like he's a 10-year vet, ten-year vet himself and he's been to nine Pro Bowls. He ain't going to have no qualms about doing something like that. 
Nope. And his game, to, to, to harken back a bit, reminds me some of Hanford Dixon, who was also that sort of plucky, yep. you know, where the dog pound came from, you know, getting getting the fans fired up and also, you know, taking guys off their game. He, he can do that. You know, I, I, I really like this cornerback class quite a bit. There's there's depth. There's guys inside. There's guys outside. Um, I, I'm very curious to watch Dante Jackson out of LSU this week. This is a guy who is, who's got the 10th fastest 60-meter time in history in the United States. So I think he's going to do pretty well in the testing. I'm, I'm, and he can play a little bit, too. He's not just some tracks, you know, straight line guy. He, he's got some wiggle to his game. The other LS, LSU cornerback, Tolliver, guy on their broadcast, I actually watched the Auburn game a few days ago. On the broadcast, they said he's their best player, but they, they just don't trust him enough to, to play him all the time. They were like, less is more. Well, I'm, I want to get to the bottom of that because there's a guy – He's got he's got starting potential and, and he doesn't get talked about enough. So the cornerback class, beautiful class this year. Love these guys. Well, that's the thing, you know, because uh, you know Jackson obviously. I mean, I think he's pretty much the leader in the clubhouse for probably the fastest forty time. But I mean, you run track at LSU, which is yeah. I mean I mean there's there's no saying no more. I mean, you're one of the fastest dudes in America. Yeah, he he can run. Uh, I will be disappointed if he doesn't break four three in the forty. Quite honestly. And I well, think he I would think be too. I, one of the sites I looked at actually had his over under at four to eight. So I mean that lets you know legitimately, you know how fast this kid actually is. So uh, um, you listen to Lockdown Browns, guys. Uh, if you you know listening through the link on Megaphone, fantastic. I appreciate it. Now is a great time to go ahead and subscribe to Lockdown Browns, Spotify, iTunes, wherever. Go ahead, we're everywhere, anywhere you need us. Leave the five star review. Thank you guys so much. Uh, the numbers keep going up, up, and up. I actually, for the first time since I've been working Lockdown. Our boss is an extremely busy dude, obviously a full-time radio announcer for the Utah Jazz. Runs this network, which has somebody covering every NFL, MLB, and uh, <clears throat> obviously NBA team as well. Got a nice positive email today. And David really ain't got the time for that. He's got a time for, hey, you made a mistake here, fix it. <laughs> so I got a nice great. positive one today. I opened it up and I was like, wow, I've been waiting for this. And uh, guys, listen, all you listeners, most of the reason is because of you. So go ahead, leave that five-star review, guys. I appreciate all that you're doing for me. Jeff, anything you want to close with here before we start wrapping this puppy up? You know, I'm, I just wanted to, <laughs> you know, sort of be the the anti Pete a little bit in that he he gets he gets you know fixated. He I know he loves Mika Fitzpatrick this year. Yes, um, he does. I, I want to encourage people to keep their eyes open and their options open. It's it's still February twenty whatever. Uh, you know, the combine isn't done yet. Free agency isn't done yet. Don't get locked in the, to, to to steal from the the show. Don't get locked in that they have to take Minka Fitzpatrick. They have to take Saquon Barkley. They have to take Sam Darnold. Or they have to take Josh Allen. They actually do not. They should not take Josh Allen. That, that would be, that would no. be, oh, I, I, I can't even, oh. He, look, there, there's, Josh, not, there's not enough vomit in my stomach to come out ever. Josh Allen is lucky that the Josh Allen from Kentucky stayed at Kentucky. Because at least he gets to be the best Josh Allen in this draft. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. There was I a like shot that. of him I'm, only I'm being the second best one. By all means, sir. I know I've stolen yeah, some so cliches just, in my just day. Just keep, keep your options open and, and judge for yourself on these things. You know, I'm going to put a ton of draft stuff out. A lot of other people that I respect a lot. Dean Brugler puts out of us. Another Northeast Ohio guy that you should be following and, and you know, respect his opinion. You know, take it all for what it's worth, and decide what you like. Don't, don't, don't let the the talking heads who like to be negative all the time or like to say it's my way or the highway rule the roost because uh, they're not always right, folks. Uh, spread it around. Don't don't get too focused and fixated on one specific thing because there's a lot of different ways that the Browns can go in this draft and make it a very successful draft. And uh, the, so you the mean when, is 
The so talent need- is so close on this team. It really is. You know, I covered the 2008 Detroit Lions that went 0-16. That, the last year's Browns would have destroyed that team. There is so much more talent on this team already, even before the draft and free agency. This is a team they can go up very, very quickly with a good draft and good free agency, and, and I, I want people to be optimistic about that because uh, it, it's legit. No, it is, and uh, and you know, and what you're going along with, um, when a certain guy who's been on ESPN draft for a many years, and look, Mel Kuyper, your uncle Mel, we all give you some due, we love you, but when you say accuracy is for losers, and ten days later someone asks you about Lamar Jackson, you go on to a tangent about accuracy. Come on, dude, and you want to know what? And you know, this is another thing where we were talking, you know, with Pete. Uh, this is some things that has to do with Lamar Jackson not having an agent. Somewhere there needs to be somebody to step in there to help him out and kind of say the things that Lamar can't because he'll get a label of being a hothead. So right, that, that, that's a tactical error on Jackson's part. I like Jackson quite a bit. I'm I'm fascinated to watch him throw because I think he's a better thrower than most people give him well, credit for. Well, and that's for. the thing because he's going to be put in this where it's not going to be about there's zero pass rush and you know he's not going to say, well, you want to know what? I'll just take it 60 yards for the shits and giggles because I can do it. I've got to throw it. So you know what? I'm here against anybody else. Let's go. Reminds me of last year, Brad Kaya waiting until his receiver was wide open against yes. air before he would throw the ball. Yeah, you I literally you saw, you saw the guy. You, oh, like I used to remember, like when we would run patterns, you know, like on air, just trying to get things down, and like you see the guy shuffling and the feet tapping, like, dude, throw the freaking thing, man. Oh man, it reminds me of some senior bowls in the past too, where where the the, the cornerback didn't realize that he was guarding the guy in one on ones. And didn't ever look for the ball when he's 55 yards on the field. I'm like, I don't think the quarterback's going to throw it that far, guy. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, and nice. if he does, whatever. You know, it is. But uh, guys, locked oh, on Browns. Episode, fun stuff, man. It always is. Episode 172. Uh, Jeff Risen, uh, kind enough to join us here before he makes his trek out to Indy. Uh, Browns Wire, Texans Wire, uh, Real GM. Uh, check out Jeff's Twitter account. He's going to have a lot of good stuff for you over the next couple of days. Jeff, buddy, thanks for coming on. My pleasure, Jeff. Anytime you need me, you know how to get me. You got it. Uh, good luck to the fam. Uh, you know, the, I see the kids are kicking ass on the basketball court. Always love to see it. Uh, Locked on Browns 172. Follow the show at Locked on Browns. Follow the personal account at Jeff underscore LJ. Uh, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Guys, appreciate everything. We'll talk to you tomorrow night. Let's go Browns.